Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio. And I thank you for joining me on not just another Friday night, but Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve in Steeler Nation. It's Christmas, Christmas Eve all around the world. And I thank you for joining me if you're watching me live on YouTube or Facebook. And if you are watching me live on YouTube or Facebook, of course, you can catch Live shows on our Behind the Curtain platform, podcasting platform each and every day, including this show, The Hangover, Touchdown Under, uh, Know Your Enemy, Steelers Preview, Steelers Post Game, The Scobro Show. The list goes on and on and on. And uh, as I said, you can catch this show on, on YouTube and Facebook live, all of those shows live. And of course, you can catch... All those shows after the fact on any audio platform of your choosing. Like, for example, if you want to celebrate Christmas Eve with your friends and family or just by yourself or watching It's a Wonderful Life on NBC, which is which I want to do right now. I'm not complaining. Uh, You can catch uh, my show after the fact on an audio platform. And of course... Uh, we also have a, a whole host, a whole plethora of audio-only shows that you can catch on any audio platform, including Let's Ride by Jeff Hartman, The Live Mic by Michael Beck, The War Room by Maddie Peverall, Cut From the Cutting Room Floor by, by Jeffrey Benedict, The Stat Geek by Dave Schofield, What He's Talking About, so many shows that you can catch after the fact. I'm sorry. <laughs> so many shows uh, in audio form that you, you can catch on any audio platform, so please check those out. And, of course, check out Behind the Steel, Cur- Behind the Steel Curtain, the website where we bring you news, commentary, film breakdown. Anytime there's a major news story, anytime there's, there's a transaction, anything, uh, we're one of the first... Steeler sites to bring it to you. I think it's the best Steeler site on the internet. I've been with them for 11 years and I'm fully behind this brand of Steelers uh, news and commentary. So, so please check us out 
As we like to say, it's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. And let's let's welcome everybody in the live chat. And, of course, Kathy Ford, the legendary Kathy Ford, was number one, first in. And not only does she say Merry Christmas to my family from another mother, that's us, but she also has an emoji of, of a Christmas tree, of Santa Claus, and of football. And what a great combination on Christmas Eve in Steeler Nation. But we have Kathy Ford, Steelers Pittsburgh, Ivor. Who else we have here tonight? George Cheston, Wilfred Domez Quez, Sean Tree. Did I miss anybody? Let's see here. Janet Davis from Facebook. That's a new that's a new name. So uh Marvin Hamilton, Micah. Wes Hickok, who says, in all caps, by the way, Merry freaking Christmas, Tony. Love you, my brother. Have a fantastic holiday. Well, thank you, Wes. I'm, I'm off all weekend, so I'm very, very excited about that. My new job doesn't uh, afford me the opportunity to have very many weekends off, but uh, my first Christmas, I had the weekend off, so I, I, I'm very grateful for that. Very thankful. And I'm also very thankful that you all in the live chat can join me on this very special night, and that's Christmas Eve. And I hope you all have a great holiday season. Whatever you're celebrating, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, you name it, Festivus, I hope it's a peaceful and joyous season for you. And what would make... Uh, things more peaceful and joyous for you in Steeler Nation. And that's a playoff uh, appearance by your Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, they moved one step closer to, 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 to realizing that goal this past Sunday when they knocked off the Titans 19-13 in Heinz Field. And when I say knocked off, that's really an apt way to put it because – the Titans really outplayed Pittsburgh the entire game. If you look at the yardage, it was 318 to 168. Uh, the, the Titans really controlled the tempo of the game. Uh, they did a decent job running the football, averaging nearly five yards per carry. Pittsburgh could really do nothing on offense. They were over on third down for the longest time. It seemed like they were totally allergic to crossing midfield. Uh, for most of the game. But a lot of coaches say that takeaways, the the, uh, the plus-minus category, the, the, the uh, turnover category is the most important stat in football. And boy, was that pretty evident last Sunday at Heinz Field. Pittsburgh forced four takeaways, or four turnovers, I should say, to zero. And uh, they found a way to win, 19 to 13. Um, what, what I found funny was uh, it was 13 10 late in the game. First of all, the, the Titans, uh, you know, they totally dominated the first half and had a 13 to 3 lead at halftime. And then Pittsburgh kind of came back in the third quarter, made a 13 to 10 on a uh, Ben Roethlisberger quarterback sneak, his first quarterback sneak in like three years. So it was 13 to 10 at that point. Pittsburgh had momentum. And they kept that momentum really the rest of the game. Thanks to three uh, 
more turnovers in, in, in the second half. Um, but all the Steelers could muster out, out of those three turnovers were uh, three field goals. And that's how they accrued a 19-13 lead. And they held on the defense. The defense really bent all afternoon. Um, but it never really broke, especially in the second half. I mean, uh, you know, 13 to three hitting in the halftime. The defense looked okay, but still kind of shaky. So you, you didn't have the, the greatest confidence. But in the second half, they really, really um, upped their game and, and, and totally shut the Titans down, shut them, at least kept them up the scoreboard anyway. And, uh, um, the Titans had one last shot to win the game with four plus minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they drove all the way down deep into Pittsburgh territory. It was fourth and six. And Joe Hayden, who had made a few key plays up to that point in the game, excuse me, and who had been absent for a month with a foot sprain, he stuffed the Titans receiver on fourth and six. He kept them from gaining a first down. He, he basically, he stopped them a, a yard short. And the spot, the spot by the officials was absolutely atrocious. And the fact that they had to look at it and, and review it and, and, and make an announcement on the field that yes, the receiver was short was kind of, was kind of just again, ridiculous. Um, uh, if, if you look at the replay, Joe Hayden clearly stopped uh, the Titans receiver at least a yard short, but I think they marked it a few inches short, which, you know, you wonder why we complain about officiating. That's one of the reasons. That was a pretty obvious uh, situation where the Titans didn't come close to uh, to gaining a first down, but the officials had to debate it anyway. But, the Steelers won, and now they are 7-6-1. and one. And last I checked, they're in ninth place in the AFC in the playoff uh, race. They're a half game behind the Ravens, who lost by one point to Green Bay. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bengals won, so they're tied for, I guess they're basically in first place. behind uh, Ahead of the Ravens, since they blew the Ravens out. But they have one more game to play, the two those two teams. But... Regardless, Steelers are a half a game out of first place, and uh, it, it's kind of amazing that right now they're, they're they're the ninth seed in the AFC. But if they win this week, and if both the Bengals and the Ravens lose, Pittsburgh would would jump all the way up to the, to the fourth seed in the AFC, which it just shows you how close this uh, playoff race is in the AFC. You know the Pittsburgh, the Steelers could they could win the division still, and you have the Ravens and, and the Browns to finish out the year after Kansas City this week, and they could sneak in as a as a wild card. I mean, they're they're definitely not a great team. I think we can say this after fourteen weeks, after fourteen games. Your twenty twenty one Pittsburgh Steelers are not a great team. I'm not even sure if they're a good team <laughs> at this point. But they're seven, six, and one, and they're very much alive for the playoffs. And to me, that's exciting. And for those of you out there who, and I've touched, I've touched on this before. 
Uh, for those of you out there who who are who, who want them to tank it for a better draft pick, well, it's too late for that. They have three games left. The worst they can be is seven, nine, and one, and you're not getting a top five draft pick with that record. So they might as well make the playoffs. They might as well go for it. They might as well try as hard as they can to win that AFC North. And to me, that would be, I would just, making the playoffs at all at this point would be great, but winning the division for a second year in a row, beating out the Ravens, beating out the Browns, beating out the Bengals, the upstart Bengals, especially the Ravens and the Browns, all the the publicity, um, all the hype for those two teams, all the love seemingly for those two teams, I don't, I don't get it. You know, you look at John Harbaugh, the, the coach of the Ravens, and he's actually been been getting a lot of praise for his decision to try to go for two this past week against the uh, Packers when it was thirty-one thirty late in the game. The Ravens scored. You know, if they if they kick an extra point, it probably goes in overtime. And, and much like against the Steelers a few weeks earlier, they went for two and they didn't make it. And John Harbaugh's being praised for that. How can you be praised for that at all? How can you call that a great choice at all when you do it for the second time in a matter of a few weeks and you fail both times? And now your your team goes from the, the top of the AFC. Now, I think at eight and six, again, they're not even in first place in, in the, in the uh, AFC North. And I, I think they're, Kind of currently, they're count. They're out of the playoff. They're out of the playoffs. So like if the playoffs were held today, Baltimore wouldn't be in it. So I don't know how John Harbaugh could be praised so much for for his his quote unquote unquote guts, his balls. Excuse my language. When he failed for for the second time, and now his team uh, might miss the playoffs. You know, we're, we've. You know, we spent a whole week chastising Mike Tomlin for attempting a, a, a field goal fake and getting Chris Boswell concussed against the Browns uh, a number of weeks ago. And they won that game. They won that game. The Steelers won 15-10 in Cleveland. And yet, one of the major stories coming out of that game was Mike Tomlin's buffoonery because he decided to, to call a fake field goal. Uh and, and, and have Chris Boswell attempt to pass. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I just don't get the media sometimes. A lot of times I don't get the media. I don't even get the fans and their, and their takes. And this is one of those occasions. John Harbaugh could very, very easily cost his team a, a spot in the playoffs because of his aggressiveness uh, when you know he has the greatest field goal kicker ever in Justin Tucker. And he decides to, to, to bypass an extra point two times in a matter of a few games. And he loses twice. And yet he's praised for it. I mean, he's, he's faced criticism. But in my opinion, the criticism should be 100%. It should be universal because it didn't work. And his team is suffering for it now. But yet people are like, oh, well, it's a gutsy move. Well, it might have been a gutsy move, but it didn't work. And his team is suffering for it right now. You know, it'd be gutsy for me right right now to go to the Grand Canyon and, and attempt to to uh, jump the Grand Canyon on, on a motorcycle, but I would probably crash to my death. 
gutsy, stupid at the same time. Same with John Harbaugh. But uh, nevertheless, that was a rant, and I'm sorry for that. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm excited about John Harbaugh's aggressiveness as a Steeler fan because it's, it's helped Pittsburgh remain in the race. And does Pittsburgh have any business being a half a game out of first place with three games left? Probably not. Let's be real. Probably not. I think this is the worst roster that they've had since, at least since 2013, when they were five and eight after with three games left and they almost made the playoffs. But uh, you might make a case that this is the worst roster Pittsburgh's had since the Super Bowl era, the second Super Bowl era, the uh, 2004 through, say, 2011 era, that second golden era. And yet here they are, 7-6-1. They have three games left, two in the division, and they're probably going to be alive for the playoffs in the final week. So... um, you can question Mike Tomlin as much as you want, and people are going to continue to do that because that's just how it is. But you have to commend him for keeping this team, this average at best team, alive for the playoffs. So I'm excited. With a few weeks left in the season and to still be alive with this roster and the way this offense especially has performed, um, that says something. So, um, I'm excited, but at the same time, I can't believe <laughs> how how inept they looked for the majority of, uh, the majority of that game last week against the Titans. Uh, the Titans clearly outplayed them, and um, it, it's hard to, to say that. that that, that it was a win that Pittsburgh can build off of because you didn't really see anything on offense um, that would make you think, wow, they're heading in the right direction. You know, if they keep doing this, then, you know, that that's a formula for success because Najee Harris had 18 yards. Deontay Johnson was the leading receiver with, what, what, what they have 38 yards. I mean, it's just, it was just an awful, awful showing by the offense. And again, you know, they had three turnovers late in the game. All I think they were all in, in in Tennessee territory and they came up with three field goals. That's all they can they they could get out of that. So there's nothing from this offensive offense's performance through 14 games, including last Sunday, that's that's gonna make you go, Wow. Um they're heading in the right direction and you can feel that momentum building. Right. But at the same time, they're seven, six and one. And if they win out, they're probably going to make the playoffs. If they win two out of three games, they're probably going to make the playoffs, which to me, I think would be amazing. And, you know, if you're one of those draft pick people, that's great and all, but, as I already said, uh, it's probably not going to be a much better draft pick at seven, nine, and one than it would be at nine, seven, and one, or even ten, six, and one. So you might as well make the playoffs. And when you make the playoffs, when your favorite football team makes the playoffs, and to me, there's nothing like the NFL playoffs. 
it gives you a week of hope, you know, that this team could, uh, that your favorite team could do the impossible, win a game, and uh, raise that excitement even more in the following week. And I've said this, I've wrote about this several times. There's nothing worse in January than experiencing January and the dead of winter, usually, anyway, with the Steelers out of the playoffs. I mean, you know, you deal with all the same stuff, whether they're in the playoffs or not. You know, there's usually snow on your car every morning when you go to work. You open your door, and, and the snow kind of from your roof and from your door falls on your seat. You got to brush that off. You got to brush your whole car off. And that really, really sucks, especially when you have to go to work. Because who wants to go to work, you know? But to go to work when when it's 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 cold, it's snowy, and your behind is wet because you're you're sitting in in, in wet snow. Uh, it's awful. But when the Steelers are in the playoffs, when you have that to look forward to, it kind of take it kind of it takes the edge off. So from that standpoint alone, I want to see them make it. And you can talk about again dra- better draft picks. Kenny Pickett, some other quarterback, whatever. That's great. That's next year's problem. I'm not worried about that right now. I'm worried about this year and seeing them finish this year, this year off and and and, and tr- somehow, some way, securing a spot in the playoffs. So that's pretty much all I had to say about about last Sunday's game. Um, I'm kind of. I'm not shocked that they won because I, I had a good feeling that they would win going into the game because the AFC is just that tight this year. But seeing how things uh, unfolded during the game and how inept the offense looked yet again and how the defense, I mean, yeah, they, they did a good job of, of limiting Tennessee for the most part as far as points. Excuse me, as far as points, but the Titans kind of moved the ball at will, especially over the first two two plus quarters of the game, even late into the game. Um, but uh, the, the turnovers proved to be the key at the end. So, uh, thank goodness for 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 takeaways because they proved to be the the equalizer for the Steelers on Sunday and ultimately the, the reason that they won. So on that note, uh, I'm going to switch topics and talk about the whole logo gathering thing at the beginning of the game or before the game. That was a big topic of discussion, at least for a couple of days after Sunday's game. The Titans, before Sunday's game, they gathered as a team at midfield and kind of danced on the logo and celebrated and got themselves hyped up. And people saw that as a sign of disrespect. And a lot of people have cited that as the reason why Pittsburgh won, which I find to be a hilarious take. 
when you saw when when you consider how Sunday's game unfolded and how the Titans really dominated you know the game in terms of of, of overall play. Uh, so if the Steelers were really motivated to win that game because of that quote unquote sign of disrespect, uh, they had a really funny way of showing it. And uh, I think it's an example, in all seriousness, it's an example that that kind of stuff really does not matter. We like to make it, make, we'd like to believe that it matters, that um, these kind of uh, uh, bullet board, bulletin board material, we, we would like to think that it matters, but at the end of the day, it, it all comes down to talent and execution and preparedness and that to me that that all goes a lot further than being quote-unquote motivated to to uh show somebody that uh you know you're aware of their disrespect of you so i thought that was an overhyped uh thing i I thought I, i think if the steelers were really motivated because of that they would have played a lot better in that game and they clearly did not so that's one take another take is why can't we just grow up with this kind of stuff and when i say grow up i'm not talking about the people that that dance on logos or stand on logos or whatever or or stomp on terrible towels i'm talking about the people that get offended by it you know the the players, the coaches, the fans, you know, just grow up. Okay. Uh, to me, a real sign of disrespect is somebody disrespecting you personally, whether it's through, whether they're doing it physically or through gestures or through words or whatever. Standing on some logo uh, on the field. I mean, if you're really taking exception to that, uh, I think you're you're again. You have a lot of growing up to do. You have a lot of you're kind of fragile, in my opinion, because that stuff that that would not bother me at all. You could stomp on a logo all you want, okay, but if I am prepared to beat you because of what I did during that week leading up to the game, or because of my overall talent compared to yours. Uh, then I'm probably going to win the game or I'm probably going to outperform you. So you can stomp on logos. You can talk trash. It doesn't matter. Uh, Either way, if I'm better than you, then it's not going to matter. If you're better than me, then then whether you you stomped on a logo or not, it's not going to affect the outcome of the game. And I wish more people would think that way. That's just how I think. I'm a, a pretty even-keeled, rational, logical kind of guy, pragmatic. And none of that stuff, and I've said this before, none of, you're never going to convince me that that stuff matters. So, and, and I think despite the fact that they won on Sunday, the Steelers yet again demonstrated uh, that, that that kind of stuff is incon- inconsequential to wins and losses in a football game or any other sport. So 
Those are my thoughts on that logo BS. It seems like we have to deal with that every year. And and I find it funny. Like you, you hear stories like uh, hockey players uh, chastising reporters for standing on their logo in the locker room. Like, get the hell over yourself. Not, not just hockey players, but football players, baseball players, basketball, anybody who, who tells people not to stand on their logo. I mean, just shut up. I mean, how entitled and important do you really think you are that somebody can't stand on your freaking logo? If you don't want somebody to stand on your logo, whether it's on the field, in the locker room, don't put it on the ground where their feet are. Put it on the wall. Put it on the ceiling. Make a statue of your logo so we can show reverence for it. You know, if you're going to put it on the friggin' floor, people are going to eventually stand on it. Okay? So, if you're that, if your ego is that frail that it, it, it's going to bother you, then you're probably going to lose a lot of a lot of games, whether it's in football or baseball or wherever. So, just get over yourself. And I've seen this. Um, guys like Derek Jeter, a Hall of Fame baseball player, getting upset because reporters were standing on the Yankees logo in the locker room. Well, it's in the wrong place then. Put it somewhere else. How about shoving it somewhere? How's that, Derek? Anyway, that's enough uh, of a rant from me. I've rambled on long enough. So let's talk about tonight's uh, title, and that's the Steelers are probably going to need a Christmas miracle to win this Sunday's game against the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium at 425. And uh, what kind of miracle are they going to need? Probably a lot. A, the same kind of miracle you saw last Sunday against the Titans. And that's takeaways. Because if you, on paper, and the way the Chiefs are playing right now, and I realize they have COVID issues, Travis Kelsey or Kels or whatever he wants to be called now, he's he might not play, but then again, he might. Uh, Tyree Kale might not play. Uh, the Chiefs seem to be in much better shape as far as the COVID. They've, they had a number of players on the list at the beginning of the week where that list seems to have uh, shrunk a bit as the uh, as Sunday approaches. Uh, either way, though, the Chiefs are, are heavily favored. I think last I checked, they were favored by seven and a half or eight points to win Sunday's game. Uh, if you look at their, their offense and what they can do through the air, even on the ground, they're not a great rushing uh, team in 2021, but they can run the ball. And uh, the Steelers obviously have a, have a difficult time stopping the run. But the Chiefs, whether, whether they're passing or running, they're capable of doing a lot of damage. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is a you know former MVP, Super Bowl MVP. The guys is fantastic, right? And the Steelers are, are their defense is pretty good, but it's not what it would be if players like Stefan Tuitt and Tyson Lulu were in there. If Devin Bush was, who was also on the COVID list, by the way, if Devin Bush was. Uh, the Ryan Shazier type of player they thought he would be when they drafted him a couple years ago. Um, so the Chiefs are capable of, of, of scoring and, and, and moving the ball against any team in the NFL, regardless of how good their defense might be. So it's going to be a tall order. In Pittsburgh, 
regardless of what defense it's going in, in the Chiefs defense isn't that great. I mean, I think it's it's playing a little bit better lately, but overall, if you look at the stats, it's a pretty blah meh defense. I mean, they don't get after the quarterback that great that that well. They don't stop the run. They don't really stop the pass. It's not a great defense. But the Steelers' offense has been so consistently bad this year that it's hard to imagine them doing any damage against Kansas City this week. So I look for another game in which Pittsburgh struggles to get to 20 points. You know, um, how they can win this game, to me, again, it's like what they did last week against against the Titans. Forced a few takeaways, a few turnovers. To me, I see this game. I see them winning this game. If they do win this game, it's going to be like how they beat the Bills in week one. If you remember, going into that game in Buffalo, nobody thought Pittsburgh had a prayer to win that game. And if you look at the game, they were they were thoroughly outplayed by the Bills. But they found a way to win. And how they do that, takeaways. And splash plays, namely the blocked punt by Miles Killebrew that was taken in for a touchdown by by uh, by Ulysses Gilbert. So, to me, that's how they win this game. You have to keep it close. You have to find a way to force a turnover or two, which is easier said than done when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, who may be the best quarterback in the NFL. But uh, you have to limit mistakes, you have to force takeaways, turnovers, and you have to do something unusual that nobody's really accounting for, and that's blocking a punt, maybe blocking a field goal, returning a punt for a score. Imagine that, a special team's touchdown. That's not a block from a block punt, that's from a return. Ray Ray McLeod, I'm talking to you. So... Something like that. Some X factor that we're not even anticipating. That's how they win this game. Otherwise, uh, if they don't, if, if none of that transpires, uh, it might be a long day in KC. And Pittsburgh might be coming back home with a 7-7-1 and record. Still alive for the playoffs. Probably still alive for the division. I, they're, they're, they're going to be regardless. But... Um, your margin for error would be would be greatly reduced with two games left at seven seven and one. So I don't anticipate a win this week. Uh, I don't think many people do, but uh, I would certainly um, welcome the opportunity to be pleasantly surprised on Monday morning. So those are my thoughts on everything and I will take the final few minutes of tonight's show and answer some questions and addri- and highlight some comments. So let's see what we had. And Steelers Pittsburgh says of my rant like a half an hour ago regarding Joe Hayden and his, his uh, play on that fourth and six late in the game, the deciding factor in Sunday's game, Joe Hayden with the perfect tackle. And it was a perfect tackle. And Joe Hayden had a great game. I mean, Here's a guy who is, what, 32 years old? He missed a month. Uh, He comes back, and he's still their best cornerback at this age. 
and the guy is such a valuable player for that secondary, and he's such a uh, he was such an amazing acquisition when they picked him up in 2017. And what would they do without that guy? So yeah, he 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 made a number of great plays in that game, but that tackle was perfection. And the fact again, the fact that it was even close as far as a measurement is ridiculous. And you know, <laughs> it, it didn't pass the eye test. Joe Mannix says this team is awful. I went. I don't know about awful, but they're definitely. Uh, I'd say below average, which might be awful. Maybe that's awful. Maybe that's that's your definition of awful. And Kevin Broken Brokenborough from YouTube says, if the Steelers make the playoffs, watch out. Slow down, Kevin. Slow down. But if they, if they do make the playoffs, it, it would make for a fun week. Uh, anyway, I don't. I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> That they would be one of those teams that, quote unquote, nobody wants to play, but it would definitely be a fun week if they somehow managed to, to get in. And heck, if they if they won the division and had a home game, that would be extraordinary. Can you imagine the tailgating, all that stuff? It'd be fantastic. The uh, the, the enthusiasm would, would would probably be through the roof. Brian Brown says of last Sunday's performance. Despite the fact that Titans outplayed Pittsburgh, the Steelers had more points. It's, that's all that matters. At the end of the day, you're right. It's about finding a way to win a game. Um, but when you're talking about future games and the trend of a team and how it's looking uh, as far as on paper and the eye test is concerned, uh, it was yet another below average performance by this team this year, especially on offense. I mean, the, it, it might've been the worst offensive performance of the year. In fact, it probably was 168 yards total. It was just a, 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 a bad, bad performance. You get four takeaways and you come, come away with 19 points. Uh, I don't know what the answer is anymore for this offense. I really don't. I, I, we've been talking about it every week. If me as a, as a, as a mere podcaster, can't find the answers, you know, or, or, or I should say, if Matt Canada, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger, if they can't find the solutions to these problems on offense, how can a mere podcaster like me or somebody in the live chat? Excuse me, I'm talking too fast. Keep coughing. I would take on my throat, but, but anyway, um, if they can't find the answers and they've, they've had 14 weeks and then some, if you go back to training camp and the preseason and the entire off season, no TAs, if they can't find the solutions for this offense, how can people like us, but it's definitely a problem. Evan Guile says they have to rely on Ben to win. The guy has six, Come from behind, or whatever you want to call it, game-winning touch or uh, game-winning drives this year, which is amazing at this stage of his career. So that's a good point. Uh, you know, if they can keep the game close and give him, because he's not—I mean, he's had a decent year, uh, probably a better year than people think, but he's certainly way past his prime. But 
if you can keep the game close until the end and, 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 you know, give Ben just one final drive to win a game, he still has that magic in his arm and he still has the smarts and, and the leadership to do that. So, uh, He's still a, a hugely important part of their team, even on his way out, presumably. Evan Gallus says that he's excited and nervous for the game versus the Chiefs. Yeah, I think we all are. Um, you know, it, it, I don't anticipate another, you know, 41-10 kind of game or or even a game against like, like like the Chargers or the or the Vikings where they were down big at one at certain points. I expect it to be close. Why? I don't know. Other than the defense is still pretty respectable when you know most of the time. <clears throat> and you know, when you have Hayden back and TJ Watts, a defensive player of the year, he's probably gonna win it this year, knock on wood. Um so they're probably capable as a defense of keeping things close. So I think it's going to be close. So, uh, but if they can find a way to win this game, my goodness, uh, whatever your confidence level would be right now, it would have to increase exponentially with two weeks left at eight, six and one, you know, so. See if we have anything else here. And John says hi, Tony. Jerry Cherry bands in the in this in the uh, in the house. Great band, great music. Anytime you 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 hear us on on an audio platform, it's Jerry Cherry band, the very talented Jerry Cherry band, taking us in and taking us out. You know what better person to have than Jerry Cherry band to to segue us in, in into and out of shows and commercial breaks and everything else. So he's in the house. Michael O'Malley. Doc Holliday. Frazier Jerry. Clarence Washington. Micah. I might have said that already. But it's a long night. No one you know. Which is most of you by the way. And let's see what no one you know has to say. Jackson Mahomes dancing on the Sean Taylor. What the heck is that? Uh, Dan, I I wouldn't call any anything disrespect like that. Uh, to me, it's not that you know. I don't even know what that even means. But I probably should have read that before I highlighted it because it didn't really make any sense. The Cuda 70, who also joins us. If Joey Porter had seen that team do that, he would have punched out half of that team. And you might say that. And maybe he would have. But Joey Porter also went to the press in the days before the 2005-2006 divisional playoff game against the Colts and called them a finesse team. And yet, the Steelers spent most of that game proving Joey Porter right. So did Joey Porter's quote, did his quote motivate the Colts? No. Why? 
because it ultimately comes down to execution and and uh, preparedness. So, uh, say the Steelers would have taken exception physically with the Titans and gotten into some kind of brawl because of they because they danced on their logo, their inanimate object of a logo before the game. Would that have met, would that have changed anything? Probably not. The Titans probably still would have outplayed them uh, by a wide margin, and the Steelers probably still would have had to rely on a few takeaways to win that game. So, yeah, Joey Porter might have punched somebody out, but so what? Would it have changed anything? Not likely. So, and Brian Brown asks. Why does it have to be a miracle? The Steelers can totally win this game. Full strength, Chiefs or not? No, I. It would. It would probably be kind of a miracle if you've been paying attention for 14 games, and if you to how the Steelers have been playing, and if you've been paying attention to the Chiefs since they remember that they were the Chiefs and how well they've been playing, then yeah, it's probably going to take a miracle. This is probably the biggest mis- mismatch heading into this week. At least that's how it feels. I mean, uh, a team that's 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 uh, in contention for the playoffs should not be a touchdown plus underdog, you know. And yet they are. So I think it's going to take a bit of a miracle, and uh, hopefully we have a Christmas miracle uh, on Sunday, day after Christmas. And on that note, I'm probably going to call it a night because I'm sleepy. I've worked seven days in a row, and I'm tired, and my feet hurt, and my knees hurt, but I had a good time tonight, and I hope you guys did too, and of course, above and beyond that, I hope you have a great Christmas, Hanukkah, holiday season, holiday weekend, and uh, I hope you enjoy Sunday's game against the Chiefs, and I hope it's a, a miracle, and I hope <laughs> I hope they win. And I hope that we're talking about an 861 football team on Monday on The Hangover with Brian and Shannon. Until then, have a great weekend. And as always, go Steelers.